Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Years ago, I went to the very, my, my very first national youth gathering. Now, for those of you that don't know, every year our Synod has a massive national youth gathering, drawing anywhere from 20 to 30 plus thousand youth, all from around the nation, and they all gather together in one location. I never went as a youth. I never went in high school. My first time I ever went, I was a vicar for St. Mark's in Steelville, Illinois. And it was in Orlando, Florida. And so we show up, we get there, and we go into basically a massive gargantuan room where they have stands set up. I've since gone to several more of these youth gatherings, and most of them take place in big stadiums or, or what have you. Not this one. No, this one we were in a, a very large room. And, and quite frankly, some of you might even remember this. I don't know who was all here, or who was all there, I guess I should say, from this congregation, but I was there too with St. Mark's. And to me... It was a completely new environment. We had, we had a massive Chuck Norris head over here. We had what I can only call as the Christian Barbie over here. And my group had an inflatable rubber ducky on a stick. And that's what we were following. That's how we knew where to go. And why did we need that? Because there were so many people, all of us packing into this room, and I know there was fog or smoke or something, but to me, as I looked out at the landscape, it almost looked like atmosphere. You know when you look at like a gigantic mountain, and it's like you kind of got that atmosphere? That's what it kind of looked like. I was like, wow. It was like the largest group. It wasn't the largest group that I'd ever seen in my life, but it was the largest group that I could honestly sit back and go, you know what? They're all Christians. They go to church just like I do. They go to youth group or, or what have you, just like I do. And you know, that's been a common theme. Every youth gathering I've ever been to since, guaranteed, at least one of the youth will find that same experience. That same experience of walking into the stadium, of, of walking into the room, of seeing all of those people and going, wow, they're just like me. They have their struggles in their life. They have problems. They have some bully in high school. They have some class they don't like. And they also go to youth group. They also go to Bible class. They also probably did a car wash or tried to sell popcorn or whatever it happened to be to get to the youth gathering. It was that, that experience that you get when you felt kind of alone. And I have to admit, even for myself, even though I was a vicar, I was like 25 years old, going to this youth gathering, I, I, I felt a little bit like I could understand that partially because I had grown up in a small town. I had grown up with hardly anybody else in my youth group. I had grown up in an environment where I did feel, in some respects, alone. And I think... It's one of those things that it's a great thing for our youth to experience, but it's also a great reminder for even those that are gathered here. Because sometimes 
when we look at the landscape of the world, when we look at all the things going on, when we, when we, when we look at, at churches closing and we see all of these things happening, it can make us feel so alone. It can make us feel like we're the last ones left. It can make us feel like there's no tomorrow, almost. As we get to the book of Revelation, and there's a lot I could unpack in the book of Revelation. It, it's, a, it's a loaded book. It's got all kinds of stuff. It's got symbolism, and it's got other factors as well. John is, is revealing a vision to us that God is giving to him, and he is talking about it, and he's describing it, and we have all of these things going on. And I'll be honest, it would take a lecture. It would take a good hour to really get through and unpack this whole text. And from what I understand, nobody wants to sit here for an hour and listen to me talk. So I'm going to summarize it today in two points. I'm not going to go into all the detail, and there's plenty more to unpack here. But there's two major points that I want us to see this morning. The first major point is this. Did you notice that the angel asked John who the people were? I remember the first time I ever read that, it struck me as very odd. Here you have this angel in heaven whisking John around, showing him all of these things, and all of a sudden he sees this great multitude, and he stops for a second, and he says, hey, who is that? I had to go to seminary. I had to have a professor that specialized in the book of Revelation before I figured it out, and I figured it out because he told me. And it was one of those things where he said it, and then I go, no, that can't be right. And I read through, and I said, sure enough. As human beings, as God's children, we have a job. And that job is to tell other people about Jesus. We don't always think about it. We don't always think in those terms. But here John is being whisked around and shown these great sights. And when he sees a great multitude, that is a group of people that have been cleansed by Jesus... That is to say, a group of people, and John should know who they are because they are the people that have heard the word of God. It is John's job as mankind, as a human, to talk about Jesus. Even in this environment. Even with an angel standing right next to him, it is not the angel's job, it is John's job. As God's children, each and every one of us have been called to that same job to tell other people about Jesus. Even if an angel is standing next to us, our job is still there. So that's point one. And the second point is this. When John sees this sight, notice what he sees. He doesn't see a couple people here and there. He doesn't see a person here or a person there. He doesn't even say, oh, it's about 50 or 60,000 or some other number. He sees a great multitude from every tribe, from every nation, from everywhere, all gathered together. These are the ones. These are the ones that have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb 
They are wearing the white robes of righteousness. These are the ones who have been saved by the very work of Christ Jesus our Lord. Today is All Saints Day. Well, actually, Wednesday was All Saints Day, but today we're celebrating All Saints Day. And it's a good day. But for some of us, it's a hard day. It's a challenging day. But even whether, whether this is a good day or whether this is a challenging day, remember the sight of the great multitude. Remember that sight. Whether we have loved ones that we remember that have gone before us, or whether we're looking out at the church and seeing the numbers dwindle, look at the great multitude. Our loved ones who have fallen asleep in the arms of Jesus are now with Jesus. They are not gone. They are with our Lord and our Savior. We are not alone. Even if we feel alone, we are not alone. And so it is that looking at this text from Revelation, we see this great multitude lined up, and we are reminded again that we as Christians, as God's children, no matter what happens in the future, we are not alone. We are not alone. But we are also reminded of that great task that we as Christians have. That no matter what the circumstances, we have been called by God to tell other people about Jesus. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. See, that's always the, the trouble with getting up here. I know you would love for me to give you a, a five-step program for how to tell everybody about Jesus, but it doesn't work that way. For some of you, it's going to be that friend that comes out of the blue and says, Hey, I haven't been to church. What's going on at your church? For others of you, it's going to be a relationship that you have had years and years just hoping they would come to church, just hoping, and you will get the opportunity. For some of you, you're thinking right now, I'm too busy to have friends. I have kids. And for those of you, there's hope too. Because guess what? As a parent, your job is to teach and raise your children in the faith. You too have that opportunity to tell others about Jesus. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many different scenarios. There are so many different situations. There's so many things that are going to happen in our lives, in our worlds. There's so many opportunities that are going to come. And if you miss one, it's okay. There will be another one. There will be an opportunity for you to tell others about Jesus in whatever way it happens to be whether it's just inviting somebody to church or whether it's having an in-depth conversation under the moonlight sitting at a picnic table and remembering that memory for the rest of your life. However it happens to be, you will get the opportunity to tell others that Jesus Christ died for them, that he died for you, and that through his work you have eternal life, you have salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.